0: coming up on this week's episode of rsvp
1: do you know what i don't think my life could get any worse right now this is ridiculous that is
0: fraud basically
1: when i'm watching that i'm thinking oh my god i want to be this cartoon character
0: it's time for a
2: little rsvp the show for the rants and stories visions and pains and so much more with special guests and fun galore. Hotels, destinations, nightmares, and dreams. Confessions, and everything in between. So sit back, relax for a while. No whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for us.
0: Hello and welcome to RSVP. I'm Callum DeLieto, and this is the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for a bit of inspiration and some fun. A few days ago, I was watching a webinar about Black Lives Matter and diversity in the industry, and one of the things that came to the fore was this idea of mentorship. Yes, it's not a new concept, but it is potentially a powerful solution. I personally have been mentored by a number of different people over the years, from industry veterans to really inspirational individuals. And honestly, I think the value is immeasurable. Having someone there to guide you and coach you through your career and your journey means that you can concentrate your energy in the right direction. All too often, people are running up the wrong side of the hill and never getting to the top. Whereas, with a little bit of navigation, more people from more diverse backgrounds can get to where they need to be. I mean, look at Luke Skywalker. Even he needed a mentor so that he could find his way through space and become a Jedi. Now, don't get me wrong. Mentoring isn't the only solution to the problem. But it is a solution. In this episode, you'll hear from Julia Charles, the co-founder of Julia Charles Event Management, and she was actually on Dragon's Den. So she had the mentorship of these incredible business professionals, but you'll hear more about that later on in the episode. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to RSVP. Hello, and uh, thank you so much, Julia, for joining us on today's podcast. I'm very excited to have you. I was thinking about when we first met, and you've rightly reminded me that it was in Las Vegas.
1: It was, yes. It was at um, the show uh, we met on your stand. I think we then met briefly at an evening event as well, didn't we?
0: The rendezvous in Vegas is one of my favourite parts of IMEX it makes me feel like I'm much richer than I am. You know, looking out at the, uh, you know, the Bellagio fountains and across the, you know, Las Vegas Strip, it makes me feel like a baller, even though I'm definitely not.
1: Oh, honestly, I think Vegas is amazing. The atmosphere there is just phenomenal. It's a really good after party as well, actually.
0: And uh, one of the other things about you, which I like, which is kind of a fact that people may or may not know about you, was that you were on Dragon's Den.
1: Yeah, I was a long time ago. I've aged a lot since then through various reasons not just age but um yeah it was it was a long time ago and I got four dragons out of the five at the time that wanted to invest in the brand so it was very successful in that sense
0: which is incredible. and But any American listeners is the equivalent of Shark Tank. But yeah, to get four out of five dragons is great. And, you know, clearly your success now is is a testament to that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely had its ups and downs, that journey. It wasn't quite what everybody thought it was. And there was a lot around it that was positive and negative. So, but both experiences led to me being a much better businesswoman, which is what I'm thankful for.
0: So the first part of RSVP is ranting. This is your opportunity to get something off your chest, a bugbear. What is it for you?
1: I think possibly the main thing that stands out to me is the perception of our industry has been produced by us event planners and business owners for years. And that perception is... It's fun, it's sexy, it's sassy, it creates these amazing experiences for our clients and their attendees. And obviously we've got other events as well that we put on that's conferencing and your, you know, B2B kind of business events as well. But generally if you say to somebody, I work in events, they think that you walk the red carpet day in and day out and you meet A-list celebrities and basically your life is amazing because you jet set off around the world. So that perception, we've worked really hard to build However, now the government doesn't recognise what our industry brings to the UK and the revenue that we generate, not only internally, but also bring in clients from outside of the UK into the UK.
0: Yeah. On the personal level, you've got friends and family that just don't seem to understand your job or the industry. And they're like, oh, so you plan parties, you're a party planner. And then you have the kind of that wider scope that you're talking about there with the government. It's not recognizing the real power of events and the global issues that actually the events industry can really impact. So the next part of the podcast is you telling us your stories, the S in RSVP. So I'd like to focus first on your most memorable experience of a destination. And this can be professional or personal.
1: I've got a lot of personal destinations, but you know what I really want to talk about and what I remember the most and I cannot wait to revisit is Saudi Arabia. I was very fortunate enough that I went out there for business. And everyone said to me, you're traveling on your own. You're going out there as a female and you're going out there to do business. And I found the whole experience absolutely phenomenal. I found them incredibly welcoming. Um, how they do business, yeah, it's different. But you know what? I'm in their country. So I need to adapt to how they do business, not the other way around. I made sure that I absolutely did my research. I even went and ensured that I wore the appropriate attire for doing business deals. And I ensured that I also got some of the uh, language nailed. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't the best at it. And I was quite relieved that everybody that I had business meetings with spoke really good english because it was it was interesting trying to pronounce some of the terminologies
0: it's the fact that you tried though you know i think a lot of the time if you go to a different country and culture and you make an effort to try and speak that language even if you're terrible and you butcher it they respect that next is a memorable hotel experience that you've had Bad or good? It could be either. It can be It can be bad or good. You know, it's just about sharing stories. So if it's a really bad one, I'm kind of into it.
1: Okay. So why don't I give you a snippet on a really bad one and then obviously um, then kind of a short snippet of a really amazing one.
0: Go on then, I like it.
1: A really bad experience was actually a venue in London, which I won't mention. And I hired one of their apartment suites because I was doing a really long event there and I needed to stay in London. And put it this way, it was not four star. And I ended up where, when I arrived, it was really late in the morning and I just needed to sleep. And when I got into the room, there'd been a flood near the kitchen area. So the wooden floorboards had been raised and there was this awful smell like there was a dead body underneath it. So I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to ring through. Tell them but they can sort it out the next day. So I was like, fine, I'll cope with the smell, get the windows open. Not a problem. And then I went to the bathroom. And I'm not kidding you, it looked like an explosion had happened in the toilet. It was flowing over the top, that was also on the floor, and I was like, oh my god, this is horrendous. Like, I can't actually stay here, this is ridiculous. So I ran them and sent this maintenance guy along, and he's there with this plunger and he's going really hard at this toilet and whoever had stayed in this apartment before may had a bloody good time and probably 10 curries if you get my chance because it was disgusting so I'm there and I'm like right this is shocking, at this point now it's like 3 in the morning, I'm exhausted, I've got to be back on site at 6 so I just needed some sleep, so I said you know what, just move me the next day, as long as you move me the next I'm fine, so I went to get into bed and the mattress was, all of the mattress was done so I had all the everything was prodding in my back and I was like oh my god this is just awful so I went to go on the sofa and I swear to god this all happened in this period of time so I'll go on the sofa in the living room area and as I lay across it it collapsed inwards on me. so I literally was folded in half on the sofa and I was like do you know what I don't think my life could get any worse right now this is ridiculous so I'm now at this point like an hour's sleep. That's all I could get. Obviously, as you appreciate, I throw the cushions on the floor and I'm there on the floor just like watching the sun come up thinking, I can't believe this.
0: Yeah, that is literally a series of unfortunate events unfolding at the same time, isn't it? And, And the fact that it was so early in the morning and, you know, you've got to do some work and you're already exhausted and you're just faced with, smells and visions and uncomfortable mattresses and all of that combined I am surprised you didn't break down into tears to be honest
1: I'm not kidding you Callum it was the most ridiculous experience
0: yeah I bet right at the end of that you know going home to your own bed and just being able to take a couple of days to just relax would have been the best feeling so I I certainly feel your pain and you had a good experience as well
1: yeah and actually that's one I do want to go back to so I found this place in Wales and Anglesey, and it's the Travel Museum. And I approached him and said, listen, I know you're a motor and travel museum, and I know this is not the done thing, but I really would love to actually host an event here, but actually have it almost like a makeshift pop-up hotel as well, and I want people to stay in the vehicles. And he was like, what? It's like, yeah, I think this could be super cool. Like. I think this could be a winner. He had a, a fighter jet there. He had army trucks. He had loads of things. So I ended up staying in this converted long wheel based army truck. It was the most amazing experience. And the first night I stayed, it rained, but a really beautiful light rain. So I was just in this army truck on, and it was hitting the canvas roof. And I was just like, this is phenomenal.
0: It's It's just a whole total different experience, isn't it? It's not another bed in another place in another building. It's Something that is very memorable. I love it. And the final story that I'd like you to share is a memorable food experience that you've had.
1: I've eaten in some amazing restaurants. And actually, funny enough, when we met out in Vegas, I had a fantastic meal in the Gordon Ramsay restaurant, which was amazing because obviously he's filmed in that restaurant. But the one that really stands out was... I was told about this shack. Um, now, it's they call it the food shack, and it's this mobile shack, and everyone was saying to me, look, it's this woman, she's starting out, and um, she kind of just cooks in her kitchen, but I think she's, like, pretty amazing, and I'd love for you to go along and taste her food. And what she does, she just rocks up in these, like, and she just rocks up, like, she just pulls over on the side of a road, or she goes to a, a town and just rocks up. She She doesn't care about permits, doesn't care about anything. So I felt like this really weird stalker. I was like, well, how do I find this woman? You know, because she doesn't go to the normal foodie festivals around where I live. It's always about I'm rocking up at this time. And if you know about me, you'll be there. And then I was driving around one night. And I saw this huge queue, and it went the whole length of this high street, and then it went round this corner, round another corner. And I was like, "I don't get it. I don't understand what is going on. What are they queuing for?" So I pulled over and I went along, and I was just going to people on the queue. "What are you queuing for?" And they was like, "The shack. The shack's here." And I was like, "What?" So I found, her, introduced myself because we've been talking over media and stuff anyway. And then she let me stand in the back of her, like the back of the shack that she built. So stuff was being cooked, and no word of a lie, I like, it was amazing. She was cooking out of, do you remember the old school filing cabinets, the metal cabinets? So she was cooking out of there. She was cooking out of oil, old school oil drums. Like everything was shack. It was amazing. And the food was phenomenal. And I think what it goes back to again is that not when you go away from the chains, you find people's passion and love. And that's when you know you're eating good food.
0: Yeah there's there's something about the passion isn't it I think when when someone's passionate about the food that they're making you know they put their blood sweat and tears hopefully not literally into the food then it does taste better you can you can taste that passion you can taste the love that has gone into making it rather than like a you know a factory conveyor belt of just food just getting churned out it it feels like it's art that's been crafted So the next step in RSVP is the V which is about visions and you painting a picture of your dream event. So tell me, what would your dream event look like?
1: It's going to be on my experiences and my memories that make me smile. So it means then that every part of my event, you're on my life journey with me, but you get to it feel that goosebump moment that I felt or that memory that I had. So, for example, Jessica Rabbit
0: yes yes i do i definitely remember jessica rabbit
1: oh my god yes right so everything that we experience we have certain memories that stay with us so if i revisit them at my own event imagine how phenomenal that would be so then all of a sudden my journey starts from the minute i'm a young girl so my first memory could be my penny mixed bag of sweets. So my first part of my journey at my event is a pick-a-mix shop, but with the real original mixed bag. Then I crawl through the shop, say the through the shop counter, and then I'm into my next experience, which my next thing that I remember then is Jessica Rabbit. And she's there in that sexy dress. When I'm watching that, I'm thinking, oh my God, I want to be this cartoon character, you know? That's, that is that is the whole encompassing body of a woman, and she's cartoon. So then from there, I then remember Grease Lightning. And I'm thinking, okay, so from here, all of a sudden, my event now, everybody is enjoying their champagne in an old-school laundrette, yeah? Everybody is, like, sat around in the laundrette. Oh, they sat on top of washing machines. They've got their washing everywhere, and you're thinking, this is a bit weird. However, then you climb through the washing machine and you're in my next experience so my next experience is then you're all loving and dancing to dirty dancing but I'm talking the rusket, not the end scene I'm talking you know when she's carried the watermelon and she's walked into that room and they're all there dancing with their partners and you're just feeling the rhythm and you're just there and you're like again I want to be that person I want to be that dancer I want to feel that moment so once you've enjoyed that then all of a sudden without realizing you're on to the next moment and the next moment
0: it's like a, a fully immersive experience of your life it's it's like do you remember that uh, i think it was a british tv program but it was called this is your life and he just comes out with a big red book and talks you through your life it's like the event version of that big red book The final part of this podcast is potentially my favourite part um, where I am going to read you a confession and it's your opportunity to react to that. So it's completely anonymous and this one's particularly interesting actually because it replies to a previous confession. Dear Callum, I heard your confession about the Diva MD crying over the fact they didn't get an upgrade and it compelled me to write to you to tell you about my former boss who in my opinion has done a lot worse. So just to just to paint the picture of you of this previous confession, what happened was there was uh, an MD that had gone on a site visit with uh, this event planner and had been given a basic room. They hadn't been given, you know, the penthouse suite or anything like that. And they called up the event planner basically in tears on the phone complaining and saying that this was ridiculous. They then obviously came back down and, you know, maintained their composure and were saying, oh, it's so lovely here but they were doing everything that they could to put the client off of booking that hotel and was just basically throwing their toys out of the pram because they didn't get treated like royalty and got treated like a normal person. So bear that in mind for the rest of this confession. I wouldn't go as far as to call them a diva, but they were certainly one to abuse their power. If my CEO ever wanted a weekend away in Europe, somewhere with one of their children, who are adults by the way, They would reach out to their hotel contacts and set it up as a site visit this may not seem that bad we often get given plus ones in the industry and if you're sharing a room it doesn't really add much to their costs however they would also pretend that their child was an event manager or a client and then expect full-blown hospitality dinner drinks separate accommodation for both of them
1: wow okay wow that is that
0: is fraud basically
1: Yeah, that's shocking, actually. I mean, listen, I've been in this situation. I've only ever had one experience where exactly that had happened. And do I think it's correct? No, I don't. I think it, yeah. And I think Audelon Ford is, yeah, definitely on the right track with that one. I think it just takes the mick completely.
0: Yeah, it's just a very sticky situation to get yourselves in because you will get caught out like... There's been times where I've been you know, told that I could bring my partner along and even then I feel guilty. Like, like I can f- sort of feel myself like, Oh, am, am, I, am I taking the nick a little bit? But then when you hear about these like diva MDs just sort of, you know, saying, Oh yeah, that, that's an event planner and that's an event planner and that's a client. And yeah, we're, we're going to do a massive fam trip. And it's like, wait a second. Well, that's a five-year-old. What, what, what events is this five-year-old planning? Oh, don't you worry. He's our, he's our chief engagement officer.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, it's the handbag dog hanging out as well. But, um, no, do you know what, though? I think um, venues that actually do allow you to take um, a plus one is actually a really good thing. I think sometimes it possibly would be helpful if you want to get the right person to your venue that you do offer that out.
0: Exactly. It's sort of about supporting that work-life balance, isn't it, a little bit. But I think what's particularly interesting in this, you know, theme of confessions, because, you know, the previous one as well, it's it's the fact that it's the CEO or it's this MD or it's this senior person And obviously, you know, you're the co-founder of your agency. What's your opinion of these owners uh, and bosses and the kind of the self-entitlement that they seem to have with the job title?
1: It would be really naive of us to think that we do not have clients that are absolutely outright divas. And they are in the positions they're in because they have worked their way up that professional ladder saying and doing what they need to do to get there so unfortunately that sometimes comes across especially and again it goes back to understanding what we do so we could be seen in their eyes as a glorified pa that having diva ceos oh my god you know what why would we let's have them let's have them because you know what it gives us something to talk about
0: A massive thank you to Julia for joining us on this week's episode of RSVP. And thank you for listening and subscribing and rating and reviewing. And if you haven't done any of that, please do. In the meantime, don't go anywhere just yet, because as with every episode, we have our wonderful What Have We Learned wrap-up jingle gifted to us by the ever-so-talented Sam McNeil, the UK General Manager from Song Division. But before we bless your ears with his musical melodies, remember, we need your confessions. So all you have to do is email cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. That's cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. So until next episode, play it, Sam.
2: Callum, let's rock. One, two, one, two, three. Welcome to the Dragon's Den. Come on, Julia Charles, represent. It ain't all A-list, sexy and fun. At the end of the day, there's work to be done. Cause events power the economy. We're talking hotels, venues, hospitality. She keeps it fresh, exciting. In and cleaner than a London loo. Take her to Saudi Arabia. Oh, respect the culture, love the flavors, a campfire rave at the travel museum. Eat from a food shack that trucks where you're sleeping. Here we go. The dream event that'll make you smile is a journey back through time kick it off with a bag of sweets then from jessica rabbit all the way to Greece. don't take your kids on a business trip abroad or say that they're your clients cause that's just fraud diva clients they ain't that rare treating us like p.a's and that's not fair they give us something to laugh about so bring you Jewel-